When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Central edition of the Michael Deacon program, reporting to you live from the wastelands of California. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners out there, thank you for stopping in. Please come again. Joining me tonight, the man of the hour makes his return. Mr. Michael Horn is in the house. He is the American media representative for the Billy Meyer UFO Contacts. Meyer's evidence include more than 1,200 stunningly clear. UFO photos, films, and video, as well as sound recordings, metal samples, and over 26,000 pages of information. The Billy Meyer case is one of the longest-running UFO cases, quite arguably the most famous. We have a plethora of topics to discuss with you. Lots of audio for you here tonight. Please sit back and relax. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing us into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Now patiently waiting is Mr. Michael Horn. Let's bring him right in. And joining me right now is Mr. Michael Horn. How are you, Michael? Well, thank you. And I am well. Thank you very much, Michael, for asking. And I'll throw it back at you. How are you? I am okay so far. (laughs) So far. I mean, there is all kinds of stuff that happened recently, but everyone kind of already knows that. Um, But I feel a lot better now. You know, I kind of had a life review that sort of thing and I don't whoa yeah it was one of those intense moments you know that sometimes you go through in life and you know I came out of that whole ordeal just sort of appreciating everyone in my life oh I I understand that but I knew nothing about this so I uh, I don't know if you shared it with people and uh, you know what what specifically occurred for you but uh, wow just life Uh, just life in general you know sometimes you focus so much 
on the task at hand. And yeah. once you finally look up, you realize that you're standing there alone. The people that once <laughs> started with you are now gone. That that sort of thing happened. And that lo that led me to do all kinds of things. And that's when I had to sort of life review. Uh, you know, my life flashed before my eyes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I appreciate that sort of thing. For some, it's terrifying. But for me, I really enjoyed that sort of thing. I kind of needed it. You know, I needed that sort of balance in my life. Yeah. Wow. Uh, gee, I understand. Right. I think probably many people in your audience understand that. I think more and more people are going to, you know, have to know that life is going to adjust them a bit more and more as things go on, you know. Right. And of course, the world is dealing with the quote unquote new normal. So yeah. you know, many people are kind of at each other's throats. People are not really being themselves. You know, I was thinking perhaps it's the outside world that's changed completely, but also it's also me. You know, I'm also the, the issue for everything out there in the world, too. Yeah. Well, who is it that experiences life? It's we, right. you, the me, you know. So sure. Gosh, of course. Yeah. So I've had one of those issues <laughs> most recently. And but I feel good, though, and. Um, lots of people out there will go through that sort of thing time and time again in life. And I'm sure you've experienced that in life and oh, yeah. uh, many others. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think I could truthfully say probably also because I'm older than you, I can say, yeah, many times. Yeah. So it's just life stuff. It's nothing too major, but for me, it kind of was, but now again, I have a new meaning uh, again. Not that it was never meaningless, but now I have like a deeper appreciation again. Yeah. Well, that's good because sometimes we just go bumbling through life too for a long time until it actually, you know, brings us up short. Definitely. And we realize it's, it's, uh, we take everything for granted. Everything just is and we never think about it until it's too late. You know, the proverbial storm comes through, sure. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling myself. It was very weird. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I hated that feeling, but now again, feeling a lot better. I'm talking to you and I feel nostalgic. You know, every time I, I talk to you, Mr. Horn, I just, it's a, it's a wild thing. It's a very strange thing. We've been doing the show together for how many years now? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many years? And, uh, gosh, it's how to say it. It's kind of like, if you do a conversation with somebody once or twice, mm -hmm. you do that, you move on. And then uh, even if you never meet the people in person, if you are carrying on some form of communication with them over years, then the opportunity to have a little more uh, you know, depth and reflection and connection, even though, as you say, you're not right there with them, but that presents itself. And especially if you, you know, if you have some things in common and you're also looking for clarification and you know commonality to expand blah blah yeah i hear you <laughs> we've been talking for a while it's true right and it never gets old for me you know i i really appreciate you here thank you yeah i'm glad to be here i'll tell you considering the options in life these days of not being here i'm very grateful i know so, right i mean sure. you could be gone yeah, could, yeah you could have died from covid well, a lot of people could have died from COVID that they're not, but, you know, you get the point. I do, and I know people who have had relatives die. I know people personally who just found out they have it. Uh, 
you know, this is encroaching upon everybody in one way or another, and we're not even anywhere near the resolution of it. Not even, not even close. I know, right? So, we're not even close to the end. No, no, we're a very long way from that. Uh, and I think, you know, it's uh, life is going to be looking very different uh, frequently <laughs> to many people for many reasons. So here we are. Yeah, and what's going on out there where you're at, by the way, Mr. Horn, before we jump into the usual here, I definitely need a, a breakdown here of what's going on in Arizona. Well, uh, extreme winds. We've, we've had winds well over 30 miles an hour. I put up uh, a little bit of a provisional fence the other day that I thought was pretty good against the wind, but um, that came down today quickly with the wind. So within 15 minutes, I put up another one that hasn't come down. So I know I'm on a much better track with that. And I, I just use uh, things that are literally lying around. I'm not sinking concrete and rebar and posts and stuff. I just like the idea of improvising with things, of finding, you know, being resourceful and finding those things at hand that could, uh, you know, be utilized in a moment because that keeps thinking fresh as well. Now, if there's nothing there, we're, we're running over to Home Depot, but I like being resourceful. So that's, you know, kind of the thing that is big for today and maybe for tomorrow because that wind is still pretty fierce. Took over a, a table with a base on it that I didn't think was going to move, but it uh, it did. So that's uh, today's news report from the it's very it's, it's rather windy, yes. It's windy. <laughs> very nice. It. And Mr. Horn, before we jump into everything we will hear tonight, can you tell the audience just a brief uh, minute about yourself? Can you describe yourself to, let's say, a newer listener? How on earth would you describe yourself to, let's say, uh, someone who just stumbled upon this show today, Mr. Horn? Well, as I've possibly said in the past, I I was born at a very young age, and I continued from there. Um, actually, in <laughs> yes. 1979... I walked into a bookstore in Los Angeles, a kind of metaphysical bookstore, saw a photo book facing me with some amazing photographs of UFOs that the likes of which I had never seen. And I would see more from the you know same source and they would continue to be the you know most amazing, clearest, uh, authentic body of UFO evidence ever. It would be connect connected to even more you know, remarkable information. And it set me off on what's now a 42-year, uh, what do we say, journey in research and especially focused on the scientific aspect, scientific information and its significance in this particular case. And prior and sometimes commensurate, or, uh, well, maybe that's the right word, I'm not sure. With that, I have done many other things and I, you know, continue to have some uh, auxiliary interests that I'm trying to be able to get back to, to, to more of, which is it pertains to music and that type of thing. So that's kind of a condensed version of it. I fell into something here that uh, the other part of which is I end up having uh, something in my life that I was never, f well, comfortable with. Yeah. It, which was actually having to uh, a lot of controversy and conflict. And I was the least confrontational person I knew for a long time until some other circumstances 
in life also, uh, what, how should I say it, uh, caused me to have to uh, adjust to... <laughs> life changes, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you know, you can like say... Like myself. Yes, it, it's just like, well, we, we aren't always who we think we are, and then when we need to, uh, you know, be some... Bring out some other aspects of a personality. It's not always easy, and I found that I had to do it, and that then it served me to be able to uh, develop a gray scale because I was either pathologically peaceful or enraged. And it's not that I don't get ticked off at times, but I have found that it's actually even more fun for me to not get as upset, even though that part of me that says, well, I've got good reason to be upset because of this thing or that thing. Uh, I, I want to be effective. And that isn't always, you know, uh, accomplished by being. <laughs> That's not always going to resonate. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just had an interesting time of it. And especially nowadays, uh, you know, I think we're going to get into the uh, nature of things. Sure. And there's quite a bit to talk about there. And there's quite a bit that I could get pretty steamed about, but I, I, I'd prefer to be effective and, and, you know, communicate in a way that people could understand the concerns that I have about what's going on. Well, we like it when you get angry here. It's okay. Oh, good. Okay. I mean, everyone likes that, but yes. Um, you know, the best <laughs> way I describe you, Mr. Horn, is ufology's biggest antagonist. Mm. Well, that's, that's kind of interesting you said that, Michael, because I was, I was being interviewed by a guy last night, a nice guy. And, you know, this ufology, he's a, into ufology and he was asking about, and I said the best thing, in my opinion, uh, that could happen to and for ufology is if it would do, be dissolved because the we're no longer in a place where chasing lights in the sky and wondering about uh, UFOs is all that productive, in my opinion. What is productive is to recognize some of the factual things that we can now know that as people who have searched or claim to be searching for certain things, we have found those things, and it's now time to explore and discover the significance of the things that we found, what that means to us. And this is something that ufology it doesn't resonate with. It's constantly, as I said, chasing lights in the sky. It's about a search for something that people actually don't ever, ever expect to find. And so the people in ufology, for the most part, are simply not prepared to deal with this. And they really, they resent and dislike my approach, my information, the confidence I have. Oh, they get real mad at you. Yeah. And that'd be fine. But if you're going to be in a field and claim that, you know, that you're a legitimate participant in a legitimate field, well, how's about, um, you know, behaving in a way that's professional, that, that is questioning, challenging, not just shutting down or attacking, because people said, oh, you know, that I, I'm aggressive with people, which I, I don't like to be, but I am usually, if, I, if and when and I am that way, generally they've come at me with all sorts of things flying uh, you know, calling names and claiming this is a hoax and I'm lying and all this stuff. And it's like, my gosh, uh, I've, I've spent 42 years with this, which doesn't make my conclusions uh, absolutely therefore correct. But 
please point out where they're wrong. Please point out where the substance, not just me, but the substance of this case and this material is fraudulent or incorrect or something other than it being literally the most important thing anybody's going to come in contact with in this life outside of you know their own inner consciousness when they can come into contact with that the most important the most important thing that they will find that can come to them that they can look for delve into especially those people that claim to be looking and searching for it so it's a a paradox, an irony, a frustration, especially because we are now going to go down a very deep and dark rabbit hole. And it's like yelling fire, 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 your house is on fire. And nobody wants to hear it because, especially the this community of ufology, because suddenly everybody's a UFO investigator yeah. and they don't want me to spoil their day. Well, people are very passionate, as you know, Mr. Horn. And you clash with a lot of other people that are quite passionate about what they believe. So, you know, that, that, that sort of cancels the other one out. There's only one difference. And I, I'd like, I hope I'm being true to what I say here. I don't believe anything. That's okay. I, 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 I know some things that anybody can know, meaning they can prove yeah. the authenticity. The rest of it, uh, here, you know, it's an interesting thing about beliefs. A few years ago, I went to a Friday night event where some people who have a, a, a little uh, religious group, it's, what are they called again? Uh, the Baha'i faith people. The hell is and that? A Baha'i are, it, it's an offshoot of Sufism or is, uh, it's a branch of Islam in a way, but uh, the, the Baha'i okay. people are highly persecuted by the rest of Islam uh, and others, I'm sure, and they seem to be a nice bunch of, you know, peace, love bunnies and all this stuff. Uh, there's things about it that are, you know, kind of cultic. And I've run into some of the less pleasant manifestations of it. It wasn't directed at me personally. I was helping somebody trying to get their wife out of a cultic situation. But, you were getting okay. someone's wife out of a cult-like situation. I, I want to hear that story. <laughs> yeah. Holy I'll moly. I'll, I'll tell you about that one. But nice. for, for the point... They had a nice little gathering on a Friday night in a coffee house, and the featured speaker that evening was a very nice man, a Persian or Iranian man, uh, an artist, and uh, someone very erudite, well-spoken, yeah. was showing artwork and speaking about it. And I came up to him at a certain point, and I, he, I don't know what it was he started talking about. I said, well, I just want to tell you, I have absolutely no respect for your beliefs, Ooh. and I hope you feel the same way about mine. But I have to tell you, I like your values. So this is something I could probably say to genuinely to many people, to anybody that has religious beliefs. I have no respect for people's religious beliefs. Why should I invest in trying to respect something that they might convert out of it, you know, or it which in and of itself is irrational and uh, contributes to, you know, throughout history to the needless death and destruction of tens of millions of people sure based based on you know fables and things that cannot be proven and that's fine people can believe whatever they want i don't respect any of those beliefs and i don't attack people for having them but if people come at me with their beliefs and i had an experience recently as well online i did another long two-hour interview with somebody oh, no. and i didn't know it really until afterwards and i looked at the chat and all these people were you know kind of giving me the uh, jesus is the way stuff 
And I wrote back to one or two of them, I think I said, do me a favor, send me a link to where I can find a biography on any human being named Jesus Christ who ever existed 2,000 years ago in the Middle East at a time when there were about 60 biographers in the overall area, the most famous human being on earth. Just send me a link to his biography. There are people of lesser importance, certainly, but still prominent throughout history and preceding him, on which there's any number of biographies. Just send me a biography so I can know that you're really talking about a real person. Well, of course they can't, because there is no such thing, because there was no such human being. There was a real person named Immanuel, upon whom this all was based and whose teaching was corrupted and on. Hence, we have, you know, certainly Christianity and sure. other things. But so when people come at you with their righteousness about belief, and that's something that's uh, particularly prevalent among people who are, uh, you know, fundamentalist or born-again Christian people, they are going to cite chapter and verse of a corrupted text to you that you know better than they do, and then in terms of the original, and then when you say that to them, they will say things, silly things like, well, the Bible is a biography, and I said, well, it isn't. Uh, the earliest uh, texts that we can call, you know, the New Testament, the Gospels, whatever, they, they weren't written until decades after the events that actually did take place in Jerusalem occurred. And the book of Matthew itself is based on the original teaching of the man Emmanuel, who was falsely turned into Jesus Christ. And that was done commensurately uh, with the time that he lived in. Uh, at the time that he was living. And so if you want to get into that, we can, but it's just best not to try and beat people up with beliefs. Right, and I'm right. Just, I'm just bringing this back okay. to this idea. So, yeah, so when I encounter people online about UFO stuff, first of all, all, all the people, the majority of people I've encountered, let's say on Twitter, that are calling themselves UFO or the new term UAP mm, investigators— yes have no real investigative backgrounds or skills. They're interested. Well, that's fine. We're all interested in this, but they haven't. They, what if they had to in investigate, you know, photographs of lights in the sky and tales of people who think that they've been, you know, abducted by aliens? So for the most part, now let's just be fair and say, well, some people might have something more substantial. That's great. But they don't understand that when I'm coming to them to have conversation, which I always try to initiate as conversation, I'm coming from a place of of having had the opportunity, like other people in the world, of examining <laughs> unparalleled, abundant, uh, the highest quality and quantity of independently authenticated UFO physical evidence, the uh, texts and and published information out of a body of forty five thousand pages, most still in German, but that certainly I perused all the English stuff, and, and I've I've taken 20 trips on site. I've interviewed, I've questioned, I've challenged, I've made documentaries about it. So I'm talking to people that have just woken up one day, you know, the, this COVID's here and they're a little bored. So they become UFO, UAP investigators. They're experts now, yeah. Yeah, they're experts and they want to, and they object to how harsh I am when I object to things like the, the uh, pardon me, bullshit that uh, okay, Ruel Elizondo yeah. and others are perpetrating it. And these naive, naive, naive people who have no sense of history and how truly how rights are taken away, how a government can control 
the press and control everything. And suddenly what you thought you had access to and your freedoms and your rights and all really do get taken away. And it doesn't happen just from some conspiracy theory or other that you think is the truth. It happens because you, we, the people allow it. They, they view it as harmless when it is approaching them. They don't recognize the insidiousness of a certain type of thing. So you, the UFO world, ufologists and the so-called investigators and all are being played for dummies. And unfortunately, either because they're too young, too inexperienced or too lacking in knowledge, they don't. It's like frogs in the water turning up the heat on themselves. So they champion and in kiss butt because they think they're being let in on something really special and important. And so therefore, when I come forward, I have to be pushed out of the way because I'm an inconvenience. If I start goring their sacred cow, Lou Elizondo or Christopher Mellon or my latest approach, Alex and Dietrich, fighter pilot who's singing the praises of all these uh, deceivers, um, then I am... I am just some somebody. I'm not humble. I'm not humane. I'm, I, you know, I mean all these things because you know the snow has piled up and it's created a bunch of snowflakes who can't take real life and don't realize that real life and real truth can be very harsh. Absolutely, and of course you're referring to the 60 Minutes interview that just went down not too long ago, I believe, just a few days ago. I and, didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it. You just probably no. caught cl Oh, no, no, nothing at all then. No, because I know yeah. that. Look, here's the thing about this. You know that a few years ago, go back even three years, and UFOs are still pretty much tabloid. Yeah, they're gaining traction online. but Pretty much, yeah. There's no credibility to it. I go, you know, I started making presentations 33 years ago, and in the last dozen years approached virtually every publication, scientist, journalist, uh tried to get to, you know, TV hosts like Tucker Carlson and all that. Well, that doesn't happen because the Meyer material and anyone really championing that, that is controlled. It will never get to Tucker Carlson unless somebody who really cares and is close to someone like that will bring it forward. So what's happening now, the intelligence agencies, you know, through the, the control of the CIA, the world's government, are making sure that the party line is going to get a lot of press and exposure. Every major news station has someone in, in a directorial or high-level, uh, let's say, presence and function that is there courtesy of the intelligence agencies so that things that are inconvenient and uncomfortable don't get put out there. People who are so short-memoried and all, they don't re recall that the issues in this country about trying to get the Pentagon or the government to tell the truth about things is oftentimes pretty impossible. It, it, yeah, it can't be done. And suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere, the Pentagon, oh, they're wringing their poor little hands. Oh, my gosh, our airspace has been invaded by we don't know what, ladies and gentlemen. Lork, as soon as that comes out, Anybody who has a BS detector, that thing is going off and you can't even disconnect it. There is no time in human history when the Pentagon, the CIA, the government's going to come to the public and say, 
oh my gosh, there are these things, we don't know what they are. That's why the UFO cover-up started in 1915, when, during the First World War, over the battlefields of Europe, UFOs were spotted. Each of the sides, the, the, the protagonists all thought it was a secret weapon from the other side. When the evidence of, of non-aggression finally set in, then the leaders of the countries involved entered into a tacit agreement to not talk about these things, to not acknowledge them, because obviously none of them had control over this. And nobody wants to cede or to acknowledge that there are UFOs because it would mean we don't have control over some other party. Suddenly, the Pentagon comes out and says, oh, and then we, uh, Lou Elizondo and us, pop up threat analysis, uh, you know, uh, invading our airspace, all this stuff. And then you know, this is so deep, such deep BS that look out because now they're going to run their agenda. And we can talk about the possibilities that, you know, it's not out of the realm of anybody's imagination to sure. know why they're doing this. But we, I posted a blog yesterday. And in that blog, I, I posted part of an article from 2007 where Meyer had asked the play and the alleged, if you will, extraterrestrials, if now they could finally, well, talk about the whole thing with UFOs and the Earth and the, the truth about it and where the things are coming from or what's going on. Because for the longest time, they wouldn't say more than, that whole thing with, you know, the cover up from the First World War. And in this document, about 40 sentences plus or so worth, the uh, leader of their race, the player in race, says, yes. Uh, he, he says, you know, um, to Billy Meyer, he said, let me just say, actually see the way he put it. He said, yes. <laughs> he says, the time is also ripe for that. And then he goes into explaining where this whole UFO thing is, the cover-up, where the terrestrial UFO uh, part of it comes in, which has literally been in place for about 100 years, since the 1920s. And the various parties that, and, and these are parties that don't always cooperate with each other, but they vie for power and control over Earth people. And one of the sentences, a short sentence that stuck out, because there's so much in here, I'm not going to try and read this thing and no worries, no sleep. Worries. Here's the sentence. They even have back engineered beam ships at their disposal, whereby in certain contexts, even anti-gravity finds application. 2007, Billy Myers being told about this. And and they say to him, this maybe three three long sentences to read to you here. The entire thing is secretively financed through governments, the military, industrial groups, and financially powerful ones who are interested in angst, terror, and hate being stirred up to their highest forms in regard to the alleged evil extraterrestrial foreigners because they can thereby gain financial profit and advantage. Now, they also make it clear in here that many governmental parts, parties, and agencies know nothing about this. This this is exists in certain, you know, realms of it. And then another sentence, additionally, belonging to this plan, they describe the whole plan, 
is the invention of an imaginary extraterrestrial enemy as well as a danger emerging from them, from this, an enemy and a danger which naturally will have to be fought. And I don't know, can I give you a little more of this? I'm thinking maybe some people in the audience might just want to be teased enough to go dig into this. Yeah, go ahead. You're fine. Okay. For the entire machinations of the group, this overall grouping, the meanest machinations are quite good enough, which, as said, were already operating since the 1920s. And to that also belong highly developed electronic weapon systems, futuristic flying disks, earth humans who are hypnotically and surgically converted as well as converted in their consciousness to robots, whereby some have an appearance like the being which is called the Little Gray. Now, there's tons more here, but I'm going to read you a concluding sentence. The monstrous power of the worldwide group and their small groups, as well as the religious fanaticism, because they describe the part played by that, together with the cultic maintaining of the secret of the entire underhanded, degenerated and deceptive, as well as criminal and felonious machinations, lead to malignant effects which could not be worse. Now, I I don't know, maybe it suffers a little bit, you know, from my trying to read this online, but for anybody that cares to grasp what we're driving at here, we are now at that point specifically foretold uh, in many ways 14 years ago and earlier by the ex- the real extraterrestrials that Billy Meyer has been meeting with for almost 80 years that this whole thing would develop, it would develop this way, the parties behind it, the kind of craft they have, the agenda, and how this is going to have a very, very bad outcome. And this outcome, in my opinion, and I don't know everything about it, clearly, there's two basic ways this goes, or a mixture. One is the fake ET, attack or threat, which then requires our congressional group that's going to report to the American people after June 1st that we need to create massive funding to develop more weapons against these UFOs and or an outright, let's say, claim, which I'm not sure if it'll be expressed this way, but the effect will be the same, that it's really Russia and or China behind this. And therefore, we have to create a massive funding of weapons in the military to counteract the threat. So this ties into the warnings in the Meyer case, go back a very long time, about how America, the United States of America, is going to proceed to threaten and antagonize Russia and push for war with Russia, and how that isn't going to turn out very well for America. The prophet Jeremiah, several thousand years ago, described the final result as a muddy swamp. He was referring to our beautiful country. The result is a muddy swamp. In the Henoch prophecies, actually written over 10,000 years ago, he described, and these were published in German in 87 and, and on my website in 2002. He describes how America will become a, a country of total destruction, 
wish I could get my tongue to work this properly tonight. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he, all good, all good. He, he puts it out there, and the Russian, the U.S. will have massive weaponry, uh, you know, that has been developed secretly and all, and we will clash with tremendous force. And the way it turns out isn't good for us. So we've got two of the ancient prophets who also were contacting people with the play on who put this in their prophecies and predictions thousands of years ago. And Meyer, some years ago also, I think maybe it was in 2017, stated that the United States of America will partner up with NATO to create a military base in the north of Germany to try to provoke Russia into war, which happened uh, subsequent to the publication of that article, and which was recently in the news again. So all of this isn't about, you know, it's like, oh, turn this guy off. He's not talking about those lights that they saw over Brazil or the, that those flashing things that they saw in Oregon. No, I'm not talking about that crap. And if you want to waste your time chasing it, be my guest, but just stay out of the way of people who are trying to warn you as to what's really going on, because you're so clueless out there, you poor folks. So this is part and parcel of the purpose of the Meyer contacts, of the purpose of the contacts that the Pleiaren began having 13,500 years ago with Enoch, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, Mohammed, and Billy Meyer to help us assure our very threatened future survival. But unfortunately, the mass consciousness has been numbed and dumbed down to a rather pathetic adolescent level that can only seek entertainment and fly off the handle and complain about its rights being inflicted upon. In other words, it's adolescence. And that's just across a broad spectrum of people. So if some fuzzy little guy like me decides to take on the world of ufology and, uh, you know, go out there and do this stuff. I understand it's not, you know, viewed as, uh, well, the kind of entertainment people want. Sorry. <laughs> right. Well, some view you as sort of like a skeptic now to every other case except the Billy Meyer case. I think that's what angers a lot of folks out there. You know, that's kind of why they have you sort of blacklisted per se. Oh, they do, for sure. That's right. Well, I'm trying to find out what other cases they're talking about. I mean, quite honestly, look, Roswell was real. I've never said it wasn't. Billy Meyer and the player talked a lot about these, the crashes, the, the things that actually occurred. That there were other uh, UFO crashes or sightings, nobody argues with that. Any claims about so-called contacts, contactees, all I've ever said is, Where's the evidence? And you see the, the young-minded, some of these people aren't necessarily young, but the young-minded people feel it's, it's sufficient to just make claims and get excited and, and be angry if you don't buy into it, let alone criticize it for right. being not substantiated. So I ask people over and over. What's the evidence that you're talking about? And they never respond. Yeah, but that's how you, well, that's how people basically are, though, in nature. You know, if they like something, let's say they're friends with someone and you say something bad about that person, most of the time they're not going to believe you. They're, you right. know, they're not going to ride with you on that thought at all. Well, here's the thing. It's not that I run out to say something bad about a person. Yeah, sure, I'm just giving I, you an example, though, but that's just yeah, how no, people no, right. think, but though. I, you know. I first go and I say, the Meyer material, this is real, singularly authentic. Well, I'm attacked for saying that, but nobody can. Nobody ever goes and actually says, well, here's why and here's how I can prove. 
No, they simply say, no, you're wrong. This other thing is real or real, too. And I say, well, if you're talking about somebody claiming that they're, you know, they've gone to Mars or, or that they're a contactee or they channel the extraterrestrials, would you present evidence? So they simply get mad and block me. You or just reminded me of um, Bashar, by the way. Remember <laughs> of him? Of course. <laughs> I actually was his opening act once. Oh, really? Hawaii. Yeah. I, I had gone to these channelings. I mean, this is people don't don't get it. I mean, I've been looking at all this stuff for decades. In in the eighties, I went to channelings by Bashar, Sean Randall, Lisa Royale, all these people in L.A. And I, I like to say to people that I came away from all of the channeling with enough really vitally important information. Yeah. Let's say to fill the teacup with room left over for an Olympic sized swimming pool. Nothing. It's all made up. It's gibberish. And I have a friend, a guy I know, who ch he thinks he channels Ooh. the Elohim. The Elohim, yes. Yeah, this guy. And, and I knew, I've known the guy 50 years, haven't talked to him for a couple. But I, So one time I, I got on the phone with him and I said, well, allow me to do this. Greetings. I come to you as a, to speak to you, the masters of your plane of time and existence as you walk in this reality. That's you like are Bashar. the creators. I did a, a Bashar thing for him, you know, because... Yeah. Anybody can do this crap right. if you really want to, and they don't get that it's just entertainment, cynical entertainment, to you know for for big bucks. Lazarus, the rest. I knew people that would spend hundreds of dollars to go to Lazarus and all this crap. So, you know, it's like I, I've been around. You've that been around that, yeah. Sometimes. Sure. And the other part of it is, I do, it's like a you know a little Paul Revere act here, you know. The the government's coming, not the aliens or the British. The government's coming for your money and for your freedom and to control everything that you have access to. Well, I'm certainly not the first person to say that. But unfortunately, those people who are in ufology and all this stuff online, they're, they're kissing butt for a guy. Lou Elizondo puts out a pledge. He has a pledge. Number one, I will always tell you the truth. Number five, I will always push for full disclosure. And there's a couple other nice platitudes in two, three, and four. So I said to him, okay, Lou Elizondo, please tell us the truth about the Billy Meyer context. Crickets. He won't say anything. He won't say anything. That's a, and while I've playfully jibed at him and I put out a video talking about him being deducted by aliens, at this point, I'm telling you, this is a man who has no honor. This is a military man who's also given a public pledge, which he breaks through his refusal. He knows it's he knows who I am. He has a there's a video with him listening to me doing my video about him. He knows this challenge has been ushered for him. So I say after now, maybe three weeks of putting up with this idiocy, sir, you have no honor. You are a liar and a deceiver. And I will immediately withdraw those, you know, this, this, you know, despicable accusations as soon as you provide the real answer to what I've asked here. Because so far you haven't. And if, and if we're waiting for you or the government for six months to tell us the truth, and many of us already know this case is going on for 80 years, I smell a fish and I smell a rat. So man up, Lou Elizondo. Okay, so he's got a partner in this, so to speak, in a way, a guy named Christopher Mellon from the Mellon banking family who had also been, along with Elizondo, a part of the, you know, what is it, to the Stars Academy? To the Stars Academy, yeah. That was with right. 
um, the musician. Yeah, Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge, right. Who really thought he was being let in on the secrets of the universe by these guys. They were all supposedly former spooks. And uh, Chris Mellon is, you know, also a former uh, defense uh, intelligence and defense person. I forget the right word to say, but he was a member of cabinets or or what have you in the government for intelligence and defense, a secretary of this or that, whatever. So he's not unfamiliar. So here's an interesting that hap- thing that happened. A few weeks ago, Joe Rogan had him on. Everybody was excited because Chris Mellon was going to be on with Joe Rogan. And quite frankly, I listened to the interview. I liked it for this reason. He came off as genuine to me in terms of his interest in the topic. He was interesting. He, he was knowledgeable. He could cite things about different cases. He knew more about it than dopey Joe Rogan. Okay. But then Joe Rogan, in his idiocy, brings up, he says, yeah, you know, people who hoax films like that guy in Denmark, trying to talk about Billy Mack. Uh-huh. But Chris Mellon says, oh, you mean the Swiss guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, a little background. We gave Joe Rogan Billy Myers' photo book with 617 photos of UFOs taken between 64 and 81, and stupid Joe Rogan on the air says to Dan Aykroyd about it, oh, yeah, this guy, he used Photoshop to make this six one-hour man. Photoshop. When there was no Photoshop of it. So here, here's the final shoe to drop on this. I thought, I got to find this Chris Mellon guy, and I did. And I sent him, you know, an email with links to the Meyer thing. He knew why that was sent. You know, I said, as you know, pretending to be Rogan or whatever. And I got an answer back from him. Honest to God. What did he say? Very terse, but he said the following. Exactly, question mark. I must have been having a senior moment. Translation? Yes. That which you sent me. I know that stuff. That's real. So, of course, I wrote him back to say, well, what about this? Then, of course, he goes crickets. Because his, you know, he got a grip on himself. He, oh my gosh, I can't be talking about the Billy Meyer case. This whole farce that we're running. Would and why do you think that is, though? If the government already acknowledges the Billy Meyer material, why are they um, quiet about it? Why don't they just uh, talk to you or someone else about the material, or even approach Billy Meyer, for instance? Right. Well, the government doesn't talk about it. Why what is that, though? Was Elizondo won't. Br- he he can't bring himself to say Billy. Meyer. You can't say Billy and Meyer. Chris, no, he, he he's never mentioned it. He's uh, that's why I'm calling him out. I'm saying this is a dishonorable. We're man. exposing him right now. Well, I'm just a guy who's saying, look, you want to run this bullshit on, on stupid people, you can. But I'm sorry, I wasn't born yesterday. I am not alone in knowing the truth about this, and I'm giving you the opportunity to man up. You made a pledge. Yeah, I will so, always tell you the truth. I will so, Mr. Horn, basically, yeah. you're saying that um, you know you're tired of seeing the government and him, you know, playing the rest of the um, the, the world basically with yeah. nonsense. Is that what you're saying? I am, and I'm saying also that I'm sorry to say that the rest of the world, especially the UFO world isn't tired of being played. And therefore, what's coming to this country is going to be massively uncomfortable to to be euphemistic about it. It's going to be very not good because people have been taught to not think. They've been taught to go online, give your opinion, because now you have a computer, your mom gave you a computer, and to, to go online and to search. When people question anything... 
if I come to them, there's a guy online I brought the Meyer thing to, and he talking about interviewing me. So he immediately goes and grabs every already debunked skeptical attack. He puts those as his responses to me. So this is the quality, and this is what the government loves. You've got a bunch of dopes who you can manipulate to be cheerleaders for this. Then you've got the gullible uh, journalists and media people who don't know their ass from their elbow, but they're excited about you. The government's going to talk about UFOs. Yes. And they control the narrative. I'm not, I'm not even bitter about it. Look, we have the benefit in the Meyer material, not just to know that UFOs are real. We have the benefit of prophecies gained through time, friggin' travel that have proved to be 100% accurate, fail-safe, no errors. And we have even the latest information and things we didn't even know were in this case describing what's coming and what is coming is not good. And so I didn't like that because I my whole mission has been personally to prove the prophecies wrong. Well, yeah, to prove the prophecies wrong, to come forward with this stuff and say, hey, everybody, look, we can't let this happen. This is what's foretold here. Wake up, right? Let's let's get on it. Because they also tell us how to avoid these outcomes, how to avoid it. Well, nobody cares. So, I mean, if I keep on banging on this, I do because I'm kind of geared for that. But I already get that the Lou Elizondo's, Christopher Mellon's, the Alex and Diedrich's and the other players and manipulators in this game are very well funded. They're, this is worked out. These are intelligence agency people, or they are working with them when they're not themselves. And intelligence agency people are not stupid. They may be misdirected, and they may be bringing down utter destruction on this country and others, but they're not stupid in that way. They know how to manipulate. They're shrewd. They're not intelligent in a meaningful way, a pro, truly pro-life way. They're shrewd, and they are manipulative. So I, I get that. I don't want them, you know, blowing up the house I live in because I'm making noise. And I don't think with my, I have a small reach compared to Tucker Carlson, sure. who's fawning all over, you know, these people. So I go, oh, well, OK, yeah, this is it's like I, I've put up blogs reversing, reverse engineering the prophecies. So we take an event that occurs and then we go, well, let's look. How did it get this far? Because let's just say radical Islam in France. That's pretty big in the news, isn't it? I mean, they're sure that's that's OK. Well, 1958, Billy specifically foretells he warns about it. Paris will be burned to the ground. It'll come primarily from within the a radical religious element, which will be fundamentalist Islamists. And then uh, uh, France and Paris will be attacked from the outside as well uh, when the next war is going. There's all. So we watch the progression of the France, Islam, France, because in 58, nobody was blowing up Paris or trying to burn it down. And year after year and decade after decade, it's fulfilling. Okay, that's that's clear. That's going to go. And now you've got generals and some other military in France going out of their mind trying to get Macron to, you know, do certain things or acknowledge. He won't, not willingly. And it's too late. It's going to go. There's nothing they can do about it. So let's go back to 1981, where Billy Meyer first writes, as he did later in 87, the United States of America will have two coming terrible civil wars, and it can't be, you know, one following upon the other, and it can't be helped that uh, the country will div <clears throat> divide up into 
<coughs> pardon me, it's really dry up here, four or five no territories. Mm. Get some water in you, yes. I just did a, yeah, thank you. That the country will break up into four or five territories where in sectarian dictatorial rule will be a major component. So people laughed. I laughed at it in 86. I've said that many times. Now we're not laughing so much. Not so much no, anymore, not yeah. Not so much. Oh, then we fast forward to what? 2017. And Billy Myers says, and actually this time I do want to get this up so I give you the actual uh, statement, the, the way he said it, because some of the things, there could be some room for interpretation. I, I, you know, um, I, I will acknowledge that, but sometimes things from Meyer are, are just so terribly spot on. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, no worries. By the way, I just wanted to quickly say the report for- on government knowledge of UFOs uh, to be turned over to the Senate June 1st, as we all know it, um, you're basically saying it's going to be bullshit. Well, I, I want to be fair. I'm cynical here because uh, here's the thing. Here's my standard. If the government doesn't say something like the following, it's bullshit. Okay. And that would be something that goes like this. We have determined that there are unknown flying objects in our airspace. However, we also know that some, if not all of these objects, have been in coming to Earth for at least 80 years, and the occupants have been in contact with a man in Switzerland, Switzerland named Billy Meyer. Obviously, we've experienced no actual threat, attacks, or aggression from these objects or their occupants who are said to be fully human beings like ourselves. In fact, upon close examination, we realize that the information that these people have provided to Mr. Meyer in what amounts to well over 45,000 pages of information to date, uh, pertains very much to how we, the people of Earth, can prosper and overcome many of our problems, shortages of resources, different things that are very useful potentially, but that we are looking into. And since this is freely available to all the people of Earth, we invite you, certainly the citizens of America, to join us, since we are the Pentagon and we love you, uh, we invite you to join us in exploring this information. If it ain't something like that, hold your nose, hold your hat, and hold your wallet. Okay. So let me just um, come up with how Meyer said this thing. Okay, I'll find – oh, here's the document. I just have to find out how he said it because we're, we're still – right now we're still on the uh, – Yeah, no worries. Well, I can add this uh, too um, while you're looking. You know, UFOs yeah. are, I guess, the subject of endless speculation, you know, emotion, fear, and of course bitter controversy as – Yourself is a great, you're a great example of a controversy, Mr. Horn. And of course, some science, yes, some scientists believe that, you know, UFOs are interplanetary space vehicles sent by intelligent beings from another world. You know, others speculate right. that they might represent some sort of paranormal reality here on Earth. Um, right. You know, for instance, you do see these vehicles going into the water, and that's obviously led to speculation like, are these things coming from uh, within the world somehow, within Earth? Uh, maybe there's a, a portal in the ocean somehow. They're coming from another dimension. You know, we, we hear all these sort of, uh, we, we hear all these rumors and speculations. Uh, but, you know, the, the, easier, the easiest answer, you know, using Occam's razor, of course, would be it's some sort of government-funded type of vehicle that they don't really want to disclose upon. 
sure. And there's something else that you might not expect me to say about that. Go ahead. There is, uh, and Meyer isn't the only person to have brought it up, but he's most knowledgeable about it. There is a subterranean race. Sure. That's been on this planet a very long time. I heard. And yeah, and Mm -hmm. they have uh, advanced craft as well that they can penetrate through to appear above the surface, and they can also, you know, pass back through the earth, either through the physical earth or water, and go back into their own domain. But again, we don't have any evidence at this point that they are threatening us, and they've been here for eons. So here, a moment ago, I was saying to you that the the whole Civil War thing Mm -hmm. was a concern. So here's something. Remember, I read the, or I didn't read it, I actually kind of gave you a you know, um, paraphrase the passage, the threat about civil wars coming, two of them. So in 2017, Meyer wrote a bunch of predictions, and this was one of them. In the future, the USA and the U.S. governors, meaning rulers, governors, not just governors of states, will be exposed to very frequent threats, which will come from both state and non-state acting persons who are hostile towards the government and state, as well as from great parts of the human, the U.S. population, whereby the U.S. population will split into different population groups for which the basic factors have already been created, and consequently the U.S. population already in the current time separates into different groups. Now, can you say January 6th when some of the U.S. governors uh, came in under threat from both state and non-state acting persons hostile towards the government and state and as well from great parts of the U.S. population that has already split into different groups? But there's more to it because Meyer kind of tells us what's going to be coming for us in the U.S. about it. I'm going to go right to that one. And let's see here. I'm trying to get right to it, actually. Yeah, no worries. Um, they have the arm. Um, okay, I'm going to give you the thing on what comes to the U.S. population. Well, while, you, while you're doing yeah, that, yeah. I, I found a, a clip to play you, by the way, Mr. Horn. Please. Not sure exactly who this is. I'm forgetting... Uh, the, the man's name exactly, but someone sent me this clip earlier. Yeah. The most important facts for us and the American people understand are the facts that haven't been said today. And the reason why they haven't been said is that they are largely classified. And the reason that's important is that the American people have no idea, really no idea about the immensity of the threat in space. When did he uh, say is, that one? Yeah, this is back in April 11th, 2019, by the way. Let's, oh. let us let me continue this clip for you. It's a two minutes yeah. long. Here we go. And I've made this comment in a classified setting that I wish the American people could be present in this room, not this room, but the SCIF, because our adversaries know what they are doing. We know what they are doing. They know... We know what they are doing, but the American people have no idea. And so this discussion and debate will have very little interest in the American public. It's 
carried on in a level of, forgive me, bureaucratic language that most Americans would have trouble seeing an immediacy in their daily lives. But if they were privy to what we hear, and you know it much better than we do because you live it, I think they'd be pretty alarmed. Uh, and uh, this is not by way of criticism of you because you're living with the strictures of what is classified and not. But uh, I think we have a, a real obligation to explain to the American people why space is a domain that matters, why the threats there are real and urgent, why they are growing in importance. Yes, that was Senator Blumenthal, rather. That's oh, how his. Okay. Yes, I, I was Jesus. forgetting that. I was. Yeah. I was thinking. I've seen this guy's last name before. I'm not sure why I'm mispronouncing it, but yes, that is Richard this is Blumenthal. For, yeah, this is directed at dummies because look again. Let's just say that there's a hostile race. He's he's intimating that there's a hostile presence. So that presence technologically advanced enough to get here. They can monitor our world. They would even know that he's making such a presentation that, you know, calling for weapons or whatever. Again, this is about the space force, by the way. Yeah. Bringing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the reality is if there was such a threat, threat yeah. we'd have been toast already. It's just plays to the sci-fi movie mentality of a mass of mor moronic magnitude i mean this is I, I it's staggering that people will fall for this crap so for a moment i'll return to the final little thing i wanted to say about for u.s civil war warnings i read you something a moment ago that i think was foretelling what we saw one of the things we saw on january 6th at the capitol the attack on the governors the rulers if you will whatever in a few paragraphs down meyer speaks about speculators in a global financial economic crisis, which is going to really come about. And then he says, also in the USA, the population shall get dispossessed as a consequence of the worldwide financial crisis, which will lead to the incensed and partly heavily armed population being advanced on by military and police powers with evil force. So I wouldn't be worrying right now about a threat from outer space. We're going to have, you know, now they figured out how to push that through with this phony uh, UFO Pentagon Lou Elizondo thing. Our, what we're worried about now, or what we should be worried about, what we're being warned about is that which is coming to this world in the form of terrorism, war, the financial crash. Yes. You know, you know, all this real stuff. The only threat is the threat outside of your door. Human beings are the threat, not something from outer space. We would have been done already if Long that ago. were the case. Yes. If that were really the case, if there were some sort of type two civilization out there, as Michio Kaku likes to claim, <laughs> well, we're, we're our asses would have been grass. Long ago. I think so, and, my friend. I yeah, think so. Right. And it's not that we won't face such a thing, because Meyer's also been pretty clear about the fact that as things evolve on this planet, if we survive ourselves long enough, uh, we will be confronted by hostile forces out there. And uh, but we're not there. We, we can't. We're basically at a place where we first have to survive. Or maybe it happened already. 
Well, the things that have happened... On another planet, though. No, the things have happened on this planet, on this planet, um, how to put it, there have been supposedly things that have happened here that uh, we would view as interplanetary war, uh, that type of thing. But it's not something that faces us right now. And we'd be, we'd be no match whatsoever right, for right. a hostile race. So we, we should forget that nonsense. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't think we would stand a chance. But of course, um, just to play devil's advocate, though, there are yes. weird phenomenons that did happen. Let's say back to like 1561, there was some sort of celestial phenomenon over Nuremberg. Um, and there was, it's also like depicted in paintings. There was also another one. I think it's called like the Eye of the Beholder. I'm not quite sure the name of it, but it, there was like mysterious orbs seen in 1566. And it's also shown in this like, Sort of seventeenth yes. century Swiss right. print. I had to make sure I set that for you. It was a Swiss a Swiss print. So I think it should add some value to you. Sure. Well, what do you guys say me, about that? Um, yeah. Let's uh, explain that as it's been explained in the Meyer material throughout history, there have been other races that, as we've said, there is an underground race, and there have been other races that have been present observing the earth and sometimes, you know, making appearances with craft. It's happened in America. It's happened in a number of places. It is not, you know, this is not a quote unquote phenomenon yeah, just for sure. now. So this is where, uh, you know, if people want to dig in to the Meyer material more, they'll get a history of the world that they have no idea of. It will take them far, far, far away. It will take them into places that they cannot imagine going back literally hundreds of thousands and millions of years. That's why the, the focus, per se, on phenomena is misplaced because there's what ufology never speaks about, I'm using the broad term because it encompasses everybody in it. Right. If there are real contacts, what's the reason for them? What is the reason for them? And that is, as stated before, to help us assure our future survival. And some of that entails getting our attention. That's why Meyer was to release all his photos and films and everything starting back in the 70s to get a controversy going about UFOs and extraterrestrials, but also to get people to start to think. And it's harder because too few people are capable, literally capable of it. That's true. Most people can't think for themselves, Mr. No, Moore. that's accordingly. People love the authoritarian uh, archetype in everything, really. Because it reminds them of their father they don't have, perhaps. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what it is, but they need daddy. Yep. I feel I feel cold for saying that sort of thing. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but it's true. I mean, uh, th this is yeah. the, the, the pain of it because people don't even know what you mean when you say they can't think for themselves because they're so saturated. And thanks to you know digital media, they're saturated with, with information and images and stuff that takes the place of their thoughts, their own thoughts. So their reference points, they only speak about that which they can mimic, parrot, or yeah. quickly run and grab. It's very limited, yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, that reminds me, um, 
Another old school classic case here, the Andreessen case. Uh-huh. Do you, do you recall that back in I, 1977, the Betty Andreessen case? I remember about it, but not the details of it. Oh, it, re- it involves, you know, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Right. It's a very old school sort of thing. But, you know, it's it's all the typical abduction sort of case scenario. Nothing out of the norm. You know, we've heard right. all these things before. Right, right. Uh, I, I remember, and again, what has been made clear in this material is that so many of these supposed uh, UFO abductions, and yes, these are secret military things, and uh, there have been some of the, uh, you know, supposed interactions with extraterrestrials, but they are very few and far between. And the government has has had an agenda to frighten people, make them afraid of anything extraterrestrial. Hence, we get all of this, you know, stuff and these cases. Yeah. I, I have a video on my YouTube channel, a guy I met a few years back up in, uh, you know, where I live. Uh, he was a former uh, U.S. Army Ranger, sniper. He ended up working in secret weapons development at Camp Navajo, at where he saw them testing alternative craft. And he uh, one day he said to one of the people, when he was first seeing them, well, you know, what are those? And the guy said, oh, nothing. They're just drones. And he says, no, I, I fly drones. Drones don't make right angle turns. What are they? So this is a guy who wasn't even into the Meyer case. When he, when I met, and he found out what I did. He had me come and speak twice, uh, you know, make a presentation. Yeah. The point was, he said, no, I don't believe in aliens and alien abductions because when I was with the Rangers, we could take a tank of gas, go into a town late at night in the middle of the night, find a little house somewhere, pump the gas and make sure everybody was really out, go in there, rearrange things, even, you know, kind of implant ideas or memories in people that were sleeping. And in the morning, they thought they were abducted by aliens. He says, you know, it was a joke. Well, there are cases where the FBI have done things like that, but not yes. with, well, I'm not exactly too sure in terms of um, like false abduction cases, but in terms of, you know, implanting you with false memories or. Oh, yeah. In fact, let's say there was another I think there was another case where an FBI agent, a female, was trying to sort of convince a guy to commit a terrorist act uh, to shoot mm-hmm. up a certain a place. And he was trying to talk her out of it to so he doesn't go through it and actually he got in trouble yeah i believe it i believe it yeah he got look, arrested he, you know if we believe anything i mean look billy meyer had said back in 2015 of the 175 so-called terrorist attacks that took place in the united states uh from 2000 and was it 2005 or 2002 to 2015 he said only six do not lead back to the united states uh, FBI and Secret Services, CIA. He published that, said it. It's all, you know, it's, and I, I know a Navy SEAL guy. He was in the CIA as well. He worked for Bush Sr. And when they had that attack in Las Vegas, he, he was telling me who the, some of the people were in the helicopters because he said, I, you know, we know that's, that's a planned thing. It's done with the help of the FBI. And uh, sometimes the Saudis or others, that is not, one guy in a hotel room shooting all those people. So, you know, again, conspiracy theory, fact, I don't know. But this well, is when why people I, go to jail for it, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> you know, that's right. That's, that's why right. they do go to jail for it. Matter of fact, when you commit conspiracy, you do go to jail. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So they happen all the time. 
yeah, well, there you are. <laughs> right. So I, I could believe it. I could believe, I could believe it. But yes, there are cases where feds definitely reach out pretending to be romantically interested. Yes. And they yes. try to pressure you to commit a crime, a mass shooting. And this man yes. was arrested. You could even look it up for yourself. Mm -hmm. This happened back in 2017. Um, a suicidal man, uh, I, I believe it was some sort of like pizza delivery guy. Um, he was involved of like, they were trying to get him to commit this terrorist act. And it happened back in uh, Detroit. Mm -hmm. Look it up if you don't believe me. Back in 2017. No, I, no, oh, not I, you, but I'm saying the listeners. If they want to, yeah, yeah. if they want to dig in, um, you'll find out that the FBI, you know, they do these sort of things. Yeah, crazy. So yeah, you you just can't put it past some sort of government agency playing these games with people. I mean, uh, they did want to start an alien invasion in Cuba. You know, they want to yeah. project an image of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's our government, by the way. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's really causing emotional distress in someone's life, projecting a, an image of Jesus Christ, right? Yes. Holy crap. <laughs> go, go go forth and massacre. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's, that's pretty dark stuff there, uh, Mr. Horn. Yeah. What are you going to do? So this is, you know, the stuff we can... But hold that thought, though. About. But hold that thought, though. That reminds me that... Reminds me of something from your friend Luis Elizondo said, you know, oh. I, you like the way I said that? He's your friend now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. Uncle Lou. <laughs> Uncle Lou. He was saying, you know, the former intelligence officer who ran ATIP, you know, he told Las Vegas, uh, I'm not sure which, which, um, which page or article it was, but it was something to do with Las Vegas. He did say something about receiving pushback from the Pentagon because some of the top ranking officials were opposed to yeah. uh, it on religious grounds. So, oh yeah. What what the hell was that all about? Are they saying these things are like demonic or something? Why on earth would they be saying that? Well, the fact there is a when I say fact, the Meyer material in that document I was reading to you. What I didn't read were the parts where they talk about the influence in bringing about all this disaster. The influence in these circles from uh, you know Christian fundamentalists. Mm. Uh, people who are in the military and intelligence agency because they see it as their duty to help bring about Armageddon and stuff. Yeah, you know, this I have nothing against Christians or anything, by the way. Uh, I know most people think I'm like this hardcore atheist, nihilist kind of guy, but, you know, I'm someone who still says God bless, even though I don't really entirely believe in God, uh, but I still say that to people all the time. But it, it is interesting that the government would be using this sort of angle I just think, like, why, though? Why would they be so willing to do something like this to the masses? What? Which part? All of it. Well, because why they, deceive us so it's much? It's a power play. This is to get more, at the bottom, at the very least, it is to get funding for more weapons. So they want more money. More money. Those bastards. More money and maybe some more money. More money. Yeah, yeah. So this is what we, you know, gosh, it... it I would be bored with me, to be honest with you. And I'm sure people go, yeah, I agree. You should be bored <laughs> with yourself because it's just like th this is so obvious. And to keep s saying it isn't going to help anybody. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I hope that people will object. I hope that they will object to, you know, my saying it and and challenge it. And then we can show them where they can figure it out for themselves if they have any, you know, thinking capabilities remaining that'd be great but uh, that is not a given that isn't necessarily going to happen so 
you know, when when people when we talk to each other online, when we yeah. do interviews, whatever you call, you know, it's just it's a chat. Let's face it, of course, because they're not going to have you or me on Tucker Carlson. They're not going to allow uh, you know certain things to uh, even be debated because that crashes everything and their agenda. Oh, is, they have an agenda. Clearly, yeah, they yeah. all do. Sure. So you know, so it goes that way, and you, it really, we might as well be, have uh, you know. Be in good spirits about the whole thing, right? Otherwise, it's very depressing. That's true. true. Can't really uh, be too emotional over things you can't really control. People could think of themselves now as time travelers. I mean it. They can realize that they already know what's coming, what's happened accurately, without a doubt, not a guess, not a not a wonder. They can know with certainty what's coming, and they can know what's coming with certainty if they, uh, you know, certainly, <laughs> to use that word again, if if they, uh, you know, dig into the Meyer material and go ahead and, uh, you know, start matching it up with the kinds of things that are going on right now in their world and kind of see what's uh, what's taking place. I, I don't know what else to say about we'll this. We'll find like, out, yes. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. And, of course, yeah. I don't think you have uh, $2.8 million to uh, spend, <laughs> I think, Mr. Horn. No. What would I spend it on? Well, that would be a trip on the Blue Origins new Shepard <laughs> spacecraft by right. Jeff Bezos. You know, he is planning to send right. people out there on a bit of a space tourism sort of um, angle. I'm not quite sure if um, you'd be yep. up for it, but even if I had the money, I'm not going up there. I wouldn't at this stage. I mean... All, you know, the uh, stage of space travel we're in isn't space travel yet. It's the early stages of space development. We are still throwing tin cans at the moon or Mars or wherever. Uh, we're not in a real phase of space travel, but this is why I say people could view themselves as time travelers. They could be looking at the real spacecraft that another race uses to travel in space and time they, they could be doing all sorts of interesting things but it's fun i think it's fun and it's exciting on a certain level to see the, you know the developments that are going on you know what's his name also elon musk and the whole push he, yeah. we will uh, there is information vast information in my case about the previous civilization Stuff on Mars, on the fact that we will get there, on wars that will take place between Earth and Mars, and all of that. So people can be treated to the you know, future and consider themselves time travelers for knowing it. And maybe they'll just keep quiet about it because things have to go the way they do. Elon Musk may not even be the guy who gets the first colonization there. You know, It might happen from a European uh, space group or an Asian space group, you know. So we're we're watching human history, and we can't be condescending about it, and you know, just purely on things like oh, well, it's not very sophisticated. It's what it is for these times, you know. And then the more advanced stuff will develop, you know. If we survive, it'll be developed by some parties, and on we go. That's right. And once again, I do want to thank you, Mr. Horn, for being a part of the program. You can find Mr. Horn's work at theyflyblog.com. Find all the latest articles on Billy Meyer and, of course, Mr. Horn here. You can find everything there. Go to theyflyblog.com. And uh, before I let you go, Mr. Horn, any final words before we cut you loose? No, you know, I'd like to always offer a free film to anybody that emails me and say that, you know, they heard the interview with you. And 
you know, probably the best UFO film ever made with real UFO evidence from extraterrestrials. It's called The Silent Revolution of Truth. So please feel free to take me up on that. It's no strings attached. And again, you know, as as I have had the opportunity to do over a number of years, to thank you for the opportunity to have a chat with you. I feel, you know, really, I feel it's more in a way like a chat between us where we kind of commiserate on certain things. That's right. Because, you know, it's not really like I'm going to present the Billy Meyer case on your show. You know, I do that all the time. It's all over the place. But we talk about things that are pertinent to our lives, this world, and things that are happening and how we try to navigate it all. So I thank you for the opportunity to talk to you and to any of your audience that listens. I invite I invite them to contact me. Very nice. It's always a honor and pleasure to have you here, Mr. Warren. I will do this again on the other side, my friend. Mr. Deacon, thank you so much. Good night, my friend. Good night. As we wind down here, I'm looking at the clock, and my God, time has flown by. And again, I do want to thank all of you for hanging out with me this evening. And of course, those of you that were in the chat room, I really do appreciate all of you out there. Once again, stay safe, everyone, no matter where you are on this island Earth. I'm Michael Deacon. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.